TheLogbook.com and Select Game are brought to you by CBS All Access, home of the new series Star Trek Discovery. You can go to TheLogbook.com and sign up for a free one-week trial of CBS All Access, or you can sign up for a subscription and never miss an episode. Thanks to CBS All Access and CBS Interactive and you for supporting TheLogbook.com and Select Game. Ah, the late 70s and early 80s, the boom years of the video game industry. And my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Sorry. Let's change that. I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them both then and now, and we'll see if those games hold up today. Incredible. I'm Earl Green, and this is Select Game. <laughs> back, my friends, to Select Game, Extended Memories of the Odyssey 2 podcast from thelogbook.com. I'm Earl Green. It's been a while, hasn't it? A lot of things have happened. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I think the previous, previous Select Game kind of went into that in enough detail that I'm not going to bog down this show. This show is all about KC's crazy sequels. This is only one of them. Now, for most of you, this is probably the only one. But there are quite a few others. And boy, do we have an interesting announcement at the end of this show. First off, I'd like to say hello to Maria, my special guest cat headrest for this one. Originally, I was going to talk about the voice of Odyssey 2 in this edition of Select Game, but this topic was something that was also bubbling in the back of my head, and with the interesting announcement that happened literally about a week ago before I recorded this, or re-recorded it, I decided, no, we've got to talk about KC Munchkin some more. And to do that, we have to rewind to 1982, when the legal battle over whether Casey Munchkin was too similar to Pac-Man was still ongoing in the courts. North American Phillips filed a trademark application for the character of Casey on March 1st, 1982, one day before the Court of Appeals ruling that took Casey Munchkin off the shelves for good by way of an injunction. The Voice of Odyssey 2 voice speech synthesis module arrived in stores in September 1982 with a handful of voice games. They basically fell into two and a half categories. The pack-in game, if you really even call it a game, was Type and Tell, which was almost more of a tech demo than a game. It basically allowed you to type things into the voice, or type things into the Odyssey 2 keyboard, and the voice would recite them sometimes wildly, phonetically, incorrectly in this kind of robot voice. One of the video game magazines at the time referred to it as Darth Vader on Quaaludes. No comment. 
And there's the dog. All-star... All-star guest stars tonight. The other two categories that the first batch of voice game releases fell into were sort of edutainment games, which were Nimble Numbers Ned and Sid the Spellbinder. And then there were two... Two more arcade-style games, you know, more glitchy games. Casey's Crazy Chase and Smithereens. By glitchy, I mean not not glitchy, twitchy, twitchy. That's the word I'm looking for. In Europe, Casey's Crazy Chase was simply called Crazy Chase. You have to keep in mind that Casey Munchkin didn't really exist in Europe because the game, the original game in Europe, in the UK, was simply titled Munchkin. And so, in Europe and the UK, the game was simply titled Crazy Chase, with C in the crazy and not a K. In South America, the game was titled Come Come, which translates to Eat. Eat! Eat. Casey's Crazy Chase was programmed naturally by Ed Averett. The gameplay is really not affected by whether or not you have the voice. Now, there are some games for which the voice is almost essential. I would say Turtles and Smithereens are improved by orders of magnitude by the presence of the voice, especially doing sound effects and music, which is really not what the voice was originally intended to provide. However, it's fun to hear the Odyssey's demented game show host voice, which was done with a series of canned recordings. Someone had actually recorded these and they were digitized, you know, probably for 1982 at a hilariously low bitrate compared to what we would consider minimally acceptable in 2017. Uh, and that included, you know, these peals of maniacal level-clearing laughter every time you ended a board. Uh, supposedly, I guess, Casey would just break out laughing, and why not? I have a hard time playing the game without the voice because it, you know... It's not necessary to the game, but it does add a lot to the experience. In Casey's Crazy Chase, the dreaded Dratapillar of Venus must be attacked from behind because any contact with his head, bringing Casey into contact with his head, is fatal. The Drats are annoyances at best, but potentially lethal ones, but every time you eat a segment of the Dratapillar, they become vulnerable to Casey. And the trees, well, they're there. They slow you down a bit. There's so many trees on Venus. I wonder why NASA's never said anything about that. Now, there's sort of a long-standing... I don't know if you would call this a an urban legend. That the Dratapillar itself is kind of a middle finger to Atari. It, basically, meaning that uh, Philip's Pac-Man clone was now going to attack Atari's Centipede. No one actually involved with the game has ever said anything of that nature, so it remains in the realm of speculation. You make the call. Let's play Casey's Crazy Chase. We're gonna play this on board zero, and you know, kind of the default setting Let's give it a shot. Oh. oh no! Okay, obviously I didn't uh, practice before recording this.
a segment. Okay, so now I am eating segments of the dreaded radicular from behind. Okay, I'm gonna leave another couple of segments and go try to get some drats. Oh, they're already flashing. Kind of like the monsters in Pac-Man. They let you know they're about to change back to a dangerous state. Incredible. He sounds like a demented game show host. I was trying to get the drat. Obviously, this is a challenging, challenging little game. Oh, okay. Screw it. I'm gonna eat some trees. Oh, and I got dratted. Drats. Yo! Not gonna get me that way. But almost did. If you, uh... If you happen to attack the Dratapillar from below and, you know, end up chomping a segment right out of the middle of him... I am hurrying. Yes, dear, I'm doing it, dear. Um... Then the <laughs> the segments in back just stay there waiting for you to eat them. Yeah, I am running. Ah! Oh no! Okay, so there are other mazes. Oh, this one's a little bit more of my liking. Not quite so many. Sacks. Doesn't mean I'm doing any better. Hurry! I need to be sneakier and try to chop him in half more often. Really my my MO because I haven't played in many years is Basically, 100% of my playbook is attacking from behind. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> ah, there I got him. Oh, and he, he'll eat his own tail. I'm going to stroll in a leisurely fashion. Incredible. Oh, no. Thank you for saying so. Ah. Watch out. Hurry. Watch out. Okay. Now this is getting to unmanageable speed. And I die suddenly. Casey's Crazy Chase was pretty heavily promoted for an Odyssey 2 title. It was one of two games that could be gotten free as part of the Wizard of Odyssey's Great Giveaway, which took place from October 8, 1982 through the end of that year. The Great Giveaway was that by buying a new Odyssey 2 console, you would become an honorary wizard, and you could use that to get two free games. One of them would be one of the Master Strategy series games of your choice, which were the board game video game hybrids like Quest for the Rings, Conquest of the World, and 
the Great Wall Street Fortune Hunt, which were actually the only three Master Strategy games released in the system's lifetime. And the other game you could pick from either Casey's Crazy Chase or Pickaxe Pete. That's a tough one. Couldn't I just get those two games and leave the board games on the shelf? Hmm. Between summer 1982 and the end of April 1983, Kellogg's included scratch-off game cards and boxes of specially marked cereals in both the United States and Canada. The cards featured a game screen from Casey's Crazy Chase, and in the case of the Canadian cards, of course, they were bilingual, featuring both English and French, and you can see one on the show page at www.thelogbook.com slash select game for yourself. In August 1983, the Morumbi Shopping Center in Sao Paulo, Brazil, held an eight-day Odyssey 2 tournament centered around getting high scores on Casey's Crazy Chase. Or, well, actually, since it was Brazil, it would be Come Come. The competition was sponsored by Philips. The winners were Marcelo Polverini in the 10-13 to 13 age category, Fabio Luis Garbosa Francisco in the 14-17 to 17 year old category, Rene Reed de Souza in the 18 to 21 age group, and Marcia F. Pinto was the winner of players over the age of 22. So even the adults got in on the competitive Crazy Chase action. And there were TV commercials on both sides of the Atlantic. The American market got another appearance from The Wizard of Odyssey, which was the ad campaign that Magnavox or Philips had going at the time, and so he was worked into that. The European and UK commercial was really ahead of its time, uh, with seemingly 3D graphics and a jingle built on the bare bones of the song Babyface. Woof. Watch out! Hurry! Who's that talking, Wizard of Odyssey? A voice! Odyssey 2's new voice module warning me of the dreaded Ratapilla in Casey's crazy chase. Run, hurry! I'm hurrying! But you, Ratapilla. <laughs> Incredible. The voice and new voice games. Only from Odyssey 2, where the keyboard is the key to greater challenge. Buy Odyssey, get $82 worth of free games, including Quest for the Rings and Casey's Crazy Chase. Crazy Chase. Play Phillips Crazy Crazy Chase. No other game could ever take its place. Crazy Chase. When all those teeth get munching, you sure have started something. Crazy Chase. If you're not snappy, you will surely lose your face. It could be touch and go, but no game grabs you so as Phillips Crazy Chase. I couldn't find any evidence of a TV advertising campaign in South America. Either way, that's quite a promotional push for a single game in the Odyssey 2 or Video Pack library. Now, as we have mentioned many times before, Odyssey 2 production ended in 1984 as far as North American Phillips was concerned. Aside from homebrews that were basically hacks of the original KC Munchkin, the character faded into memory along with its native platform until his creator decided he was needed again. In 2015, a game appeared in the Microsoft Windows 10 App Store called KC Returns, and it was programmed by none other than Ed Averett, who now worked at Microsoft. It was a free, it was a free game through the App Store. You didn't have to pay for it. The game attempts to teach genetic manipulation theory to younger players. 
and dedicated it to his grandchildren. It seems to anticipate such genetic manipulation techniques and therapy methods as CRISPR, which is now making the news at a steady clip in 2017, as scientists use it to edit diseased genes, such as various types of cancer. In the game, Casey is trying to repair strands of DNA that have been damaged by Wild-Eyed Willie and his cohorts, presumably also Wild-Eyed. When you put Casey Returns under a microscope, it's still basically a maze game, though with a few later 20th century gameplay innovations such as power-ups and so on. Ed Averett has said that the game was play-tested successfully with a very tough audience, three and four-year-olds. So I probably should have brought Little C in to try this one with me. Let's play Casey's Return. I have told you from the beginning of this podcast that if I am having to use a computer to emulate a game, I will be straight up and tell you that I am playing this on an emulator. Because even the best emulator changes something. But in the case of Odyssey 2 and Video Pack emulation, Sometimes the PC emulation lacks a lot. There is no path for connecting an Odyssey 2 joystick to something like a USB adapter. There is no path for, you know, sticking the voice on top of there. Now, there is emulation of the voice, but it's just a little bit clumsy because it relies on actual acoustic recordings of a voice module going through all of the possible sounds that it could make. That being said, I am using a computer to play KC Returns, but I'm not playing it in emulation because for the first time, I am playing a PC game instead of an Odyssey game. You start out with this really nifty 3D view that kind of flies inside the double helix of DNA, showing you various elements and molecules within, and they're chemical formulas. Let me see. Thymine, cytose, adenine, sugar. Lots of sugar. Whoa. It's kind of trippy. It's kind of trippy. Best Odyssey 2 graphics ever. Okay, not really. Alright, I'm going to pick one of the uh, DNA molecules that has just been collided with and we're gonna send KC Munchkin to do some doctoring. Now, it's kind of funny because uh, you get to select your skill level and there's a little box that says select game and the letters are different colors, so a um, little bit of an Easter egg for you there. Best sound ever in an Odyssey 2 game. Okay, a maze appears. A maze of molecules. Now, here's the thing. The maze changes on you. Okay, things are happening faster than I can talk about them. the arrow keys to play the game. Or at least I do. Oh, that was a close one. You are trying to retrieve 
certain molecules in the maze, and the maze is ever-changing and evolving. I mean, it, it really is to a degree that uh, there's really no precedent for it in a Casey Munchkin game. Oh, Casey got eaten by a disease cell. Sorry, Casey. Oh, he got eaten twice. Well, that sucks. Again, because I hadn't moved. I was in the same place where I got trapped before. Hello? Casey, what are you doing? Let's get out of here. Dude. Alright, that's better. My, uh, my munchkin's kind of rebelling on me here. Alright, little buddy. Little blue buddy. After all these years, you think I'm gonna let you down now? Alright, one last molecule left to retrieve. Yeah! There we go. When you retrieve the molecule that you're supposed to retrieve, you bring KC, not you, uh, turns pink for a little bit, and he can eat the disease molecules. Ah! Dude! This was so much easier with a joystick. So anyway, the maze element of it really... really lives up to the KC Munchkin... legacy, I guess you'd say. Ah! parts of the maze. You can collide with them. Now, you may not have time to do much with them. And another thing is, when you collide with pieces of the maze, Casey becomes tiny. Alright. That was the last molecule. Clear the level. And he waves his antennae as fireworks go off. So that is KC Returns, straight from the mind of Ed Averett, who programmed the original KC Munchkin games. Trying to do something a little bit more educational with the character, which is, which is really cool. Now, Ed says in his notes for the game that he play-tested KC Returns with, an, you know, with a really tough audience, which is three- and four-year-olds. And... It's it's just possible that that may sound a little bit off. Okay, yes, we're going to you know we're going to aim a a game about uh, combating disease at the genetic level for toddlers, and yet at the same time, I can tell you that my oldest knows things about science that are new to me, which is a little bit embarrassing. It, it forces me to keep reading up and stay on my game. And not this game, but uh, 
This game's just for fun. Cytosine. Okay, that's what that is. Phosphate. Sugar. How about some caffeine, Casey? I could really use some caffeine. No? Okay. But there you go, that's uh, Casey's return. For what it's worth, I think it is a worthy successor to the Casey Munchkin le legacy. Now, some people may choose to, you know, kind of place it outside the pantheon of Casey games, which now includes a third one, Casey Escapes. But I think it's interesting to look at this as part of a continuum to, you know, see what Ed Averett has in mind for the character. I wouldn't mind seeing him do more of these. I think KC needs to, uh, needs to go to space and needs to do some planetary science, needs to, uh, work out how to do gravity assists. Just, uh, just a crazy thought there. Or even, even, you know, learning things about rocketry. Delta V and that sort of thing. KC's a pretty clever dude. I think he could handle it. Now, all things considered, you know, since Casey Returns was kind of an under-the-radar Windows 10 app, Ed Averett really tried to give the game, in 2015, the kind of promotional push that Casey's previous return got in 1982. Ed registered the domain name CaseyMunchkin.com, containing the game's backstory, its mission statement, and links to both the Windows 10 App Store and to Amazon and CreateSpace for a pair of children's books featuring and furthering the new game's concepts, KC Cracks the Code, and KC and the Battling B-Cell. Now, a little note about this, because I have published my own books on CreateSpace. If you are trying to benefit the authors and show your support for KC's return in print, um, it's better to use the CreateSpace eStore links on kcmunchkin.com than to look it up and try to buy it on Amazon. The authors get more money from a direct purchase from CreateSpace. I know the arguments against it, you know, it's one more password you have to set up, one more account that's going to have your payment info, but this is a case where I think it's worthwhile. And for those of you who do prefer to go through Amazon, KC Cracks the Code is also available on Kindle. Uh, this, the more recent book, Casey and the Battling B-Cell, is not on Kindle at this time of this recording. So think about it. If your life is someday saved by someone who has been playing with the notion of genetic editing from childhood as a means to cure disease, they may have learned it from Casey Munchkin. But the story doesn't end there. In the news. So, in the news, and this almost miraculously just fell into the theme of this show, a new game called KC Escapes is debuting at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, also known as PRGE, October 20th through 22nd at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, Oregon. Good Deal Games head honcho Michael Thomason, who is publishing KC's Escape, has not only released the game's cover artwork, which is just fantastic, but has also dropped a series of hints about feelies that will come with the game, including an embroidered patch similar to the one for Good Deal Games' reprint of Ralph Bear's Pinball a year or two ago, 
and Casey himself, or at least a little fuzzy version of Casey, put up on your shelf. Um, I'll have to put mine under glass so my cats don't mistake it for a cat toy, such as they are wont to do. Maybe that's the real plotline of the original Casey Munchkin, if you think about it. Now, I don't have any info on how many copies will be produced or what the price will be. Believe me, I asked. So your best bet is to hit PRGE or contact a friend who is going. I'm really sorry about the short one-week notice between this podcast and the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. This is kind of how the recording schedule and the release of this news worked out. Now, you should really go yourself and take some of your Odyssey 2 games from your collection because Ed Averett himself will be there on Saturday the 21st at the Good Deal Games booth to meet his fans and sign your games. Casey's Escape is produced with Ed's permission, as he has taken up the copyright to the character, obviously. Everyone needs to tell Ed he should show up on this podcast, because how awesome would that be? But until such time as that happens, there's also going to be a new issue. Now, actually, it's not a new... Well, it is a new issue. It's the premiere issue of Old School Gamer Magazine. I'll include a link to them in the show notes page www.thelogbook slash select game. This will include an extensive brand new interview with Ed Averett, and they will probably beat me to my best questions. It's great to see Ed back at the forefront of the Odyssey 2 world, as it should be. I mean, let's face it, his games kept the Odyssey 2, the video pack, and the show pack on the map long enough for a lot of latecomers to discover and love it, and those of us who were early adopters gave us a lot of reasons to stick around. Casey Munchkin is back. Casey Munchkin never really left. Casey Munchkin lives. That's all the time we have for the Select Game Podcast. You can hear Select Game on iTunes, Stitcher, and ThrowbackNetwork.net, and you can also subscribe to the RSS feed. You'll find the podcast itself and occasional goodies associated with it at www.thelogbook.com slash selectgame. If you really dig Select Game, also check out the 365-day-a-year Escape Pod Geek History Podcast at thelogbook.com. And donations toward the site's upkeep and continued podcast production are always gladly accepted at patreon.com slash thelogbook. You can also support the podcast by buying Select Game t-shirts and other goodies at redbubble.com. Look under user The Logbook. Phosphor.Fossils, a comprehensive timeline of the golden era of video games, including the Odyssey 2, can be downloaded at thelogbook.com store, which is also where you can find the books I've written about everything from Doctor Who to Star Trek to Growing Up Geeky. Feel free to drop me a line at the Facebook page for thelogbook.com, via Twitter at logbookguy, or email me at earl at thelogbook.com. Select Game Expanded Memories of the Odyssey 2 is a production of thelogbook.com and was written and produced by Earl Green. Music performed by Kazatochi, available for free download at thelogbook.com. <laughs>